to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your host, Prince, also known as Head Knights, and alongside me, we got Freddy. Spoopy boys! Also known as Night Knights. And David's not here right now. He ain't feeling well. Feel better, my boy. We are Griffin Knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. That was my weather. Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And we are still continuing things going with our month of March of Madness. I feel like we should have like a very booming voice for that. Oh, for sure. Uh, like we should March, of, March Madness. of Madness. But yes, this is March of Madness month and we are continuing things with our Cosmic Horror Month. This month is also coined Joe Merton's month. So shout out to our boy Joe Merton's. Um, but we are covering Annihilation. First and foremost, Frederick, thoughts. Oh, man. So, uh, Annihilation is one of those movies where I've probably seen mm, four or five times, I would have to say. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, I saw this in theaters, which was great, which I feel like it's the ultimate way of watching this movie because it's so grand in scale, and you kind of see this great world that um, Alex Garland created, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they have an all-star cast, too, and some, like, names that you'd, like, love to see in other movies, like, we have Tessa Thompson in here, we have, um, well, Natalie Portman as a big one, and also someone that was in his previous film is Oscar Isaac, and this is pretty early career for him in this movie, too, other than Ex Machina, which Alex Garland did as well. Um, it's one of those sci-fi movies which has that horror element, kind of like what Ex Machina has as well, but yeah, Ex Machina is totally more of a psychological thriller, thriller and this is more cosmic horror fucking for yes, sure. If like, it's <laughs> the bill perfectly for this month. Absolutely. It's it's gorgeous to look at. The cinematography is great. Uh, and like I said, the world building is really good. I feel I like agree. they did such a great job of this. And I know we're going to have a Last of Us show later on, too, with the creators of... Uh, what's that show? Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yes. Which also, great writers. I feel like yeah, this can be in no, great it's hands. It's fucking awesome. But I do feel like Alex Garland would have done a great job of making I that series as well. I completely agree. I completely agree. This, I, I even had that in my notes. Yeah. So I'm glad we're on the same page. This looks exactly how the Last of Us universe would look like. In, in, and, a, in a saturated situation. Absolutely. Because yes, it's yeah, definitely yeah. a lot more colorful. Without like the cosmic colors and stuff like that that we right. get from this movie. The, the, it's so great to see it come to life. And I was like, oh, yes. I, I love this movie, to say the least. I couldn't have said it better myself. But I'm still saying more. So... <laughs> I also do adore this movie. Like, I absolutely love this movie. And it, it's uh-huh. it's one of these films that really shakes you by the core, for me personally, to where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Yes. And the I love it. The score is fantastic, it's fantastic, too. The score is incredible. Love it. And, like, it, it's, it's cool because, like, a bunch of people on TikTok use that, that score that's at the end when she's... Right. We'll get there. But it, it, it's really cool. 
and I I love seeing this whole companionship throughout this film and the fact that we also follow a full female cast yes is really fucking fantastic like, they're all badass and they love it. they are they are and, and it's, it's really cool and and um I, I i just i love this movie so much and and i i think the cosmic aspect of this film helps it a lot i agree and because yeah. i i feel like this movie was definitely borderline like with if you take away all of the horror elements, this movie very much feels like um arrival. Yeah, very much. Yeah, like Especially you know. like the tone and feel and grit to it too. Right. Yeah. Um even like the long shots there are of like the environment and stuff like that as well kind of fits the picture of arrival. It's really weird because I literally saw arrival like two, three days ago. Oh really? So it's kinda of funny that you even bring that up. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of similarities to it. And I, yeah. I had to give great kudos to that because Arrival also is a great movie. Oh, got stuck. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I think with with Arrival and kind of like these these because I wouldn't even say Arrival is truly cosmic horror. Like even though anything from space can be considered cosmic, I guess. Right. Arrival is definitely not a horror movie. No. Like it's definitely more not. of a drama. Yeah, it's definitely genre for sure. Um, but with with Arrival versus this, like you definitely take an element of confusion with this, like where Arrival, you kind of you kind of know the path with the rival. They're just trying to figure out what the fuck these people are, or not these aliens are doing here. Like we're like, right. what do you want? So I'm trying to learn how to speak like you so we can tell what you want and know what you want. And like with this, this very much was kind of Lovecraftian horror. For where, sure. where it's just like, what do, do they want? I don't even think they know what they want. Like, that was just like, that was one of the things where it's just like, I don't think they want anything. They're just right. here. Like, and I was just like that. Yeah. Like, that's just, a, that, that totally makes sense. Like, it, it's just, what is their purpose? And it's just like, I don't think they have one. They're just, they're just here. I have to agree. I don't think there is a purpose to it. I think it's just something that happens and that's it. And that's something that's very beautiful in this movie where you don't have to have a antagonist in the way. It's just nature changing. Right. And that's the biggest threat is that things are just changing and you kind of don't want that to be a thing. And it's kind of expanding little by little and it crawls more and more into our world and changes more stuff. And it's very symbolic in a lot of ways, too. And once we get into it, I'll start talking about the symbolism to it because it has a lot to do with cells kind of expanding changing and they talk about some stuff but i'll wait until we get into it yeah you know let's get into it right now let's go and jump into the plot annihilation directed by alex garland released february 23rd of 2018 a runtime of one hour and 55 minutes with a budget of 40 to 55 million dollars and a box office of only 43.1 million dollars a rating of 88 percent on rotten tomatoes we open with our protagonist lena sitting in a chair being questioned about what she ate people in in hazmat suits are standing around her as they uh, watch her be questioned about her two-week rationed food the man lomax lets her know that she's been inside quote-unquote for four months she claims that she doesn't remember eating him asking how long does she think she was inside lena thinks days or weeks and i i I just right off the bat love that yes like that that's not knowing that sense of time yeah i love that i love that in every type of movies like oh i don't know how long i've been there yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. 
Lomax asks what happened to Josie Reddick. She tells him uh, that she doesn't know. He asks about other members of her squad, but she mentions that she honest that um, she doesn't know, and uh, some are dead. He asks what does she know, but she doesn't answer. We jump to a comet plummeting into a lighthouse having a shimmer streak to our title card. We cut to cells splitting, Lena explaining to a class what they are looking at, explaining that they are going to be looking at cancerous cells for the course. And this is fucking fascinating. Because she calls, when she sees it on the wall, when she's there, she calls it a tumor. Right. She said it spreads like a tumor. And it's so fascinating because you you have that concept of that from the get-go. And it's beautiful. And that's basically what I was going to talk about. It's the symbolism of the shimmer like a tumor. Right. And it's slowly getting bigger and bigger because it's cancer cells are constantly mutating and moving along. Right. And and, and the cause of a tumor is not to technically kill the host that happens because it just takes over. Exactly. Like a tumor. Like that's, that's what the shimmer was trying to do. It was just trying to take over. It didn't have a purpose. It was just there. Right. If we die, we die, kind of yeah. thing. That's just it's that's not just its how intention. It it's just what's right. There. It's just if that if that happens within the process, that happens within the process. It's just sorry. <laughs> Lena is walking down the stairs. Her student Katie catches up to to her to chat about something she read. A well dressed man named Daniel walks down the stairs after Lena, calling to her. She stops him, letting her know that he, uh, he's been looking for her at lunch, and she claims that she's been catching up on writing. And we know why she's staying a more away from him as as later comes down the line he asks if she plans for, if she has plans for saturday sharing that his wife and him are having a garden party lena has plans to paint their bedroom she turns somber dan sharing that it has been a year and that she is allowed to, she um is allowed to have fun and that it isn't portrayal to his memory she repeats that she is going to paint the bedroom while walking off you know i never understood why people give a fuck on how long someone grieves for Right. It's not. Why do you yeah. fucking care, dude? Like, it's you not know, up like, to you. Yeah. Fuck, out of here. Fuck you. Let me grieve. Yeah, it's not a great line from like that yeah. character at all. Like, what the, what the fuck? Like, dude, if, I, if it takes me five years to grieve, that's my grieving process. Who the fuck are you to say that I'm taking right. too long? Exactly. Fuck out of here. I, I saw that same shit in that one movie, The Edge of Seventeen. The teacher said I haven't it. seen it. You haven't seen it? No, oh, but I hear shit. great right, well, things about this. It's a great fucking movie, yeah. actually. But... It's a line similar to that in that movie. Damn. And and I'm just like, who can't who right. cares? Like like is if it, it your was life be the fact years, you right. still have the right to grieve. Like is it healthy? I don't know. Like I haven't grieved that long. I, my grieving process usually doesn't take that long. It does take about a year or so though. Like yeah. Yeah. grieving sucks. Fucking it's hard, dude. It's depressing. We jump to Lena's house. Like, like your friend is not there. Your person. They're gone. Right. Like how, like, how do you... Come on. I don't know. I hated that line. We jumped to Lena's house, uh, showcasing rooms with photos of her husband, Kane, and the military. She is sitting on the couch, crying while thinking about her, her and Kane, looking at a locket with his picture inside. We cut to her beginning to paint their room. While she is painting, Kane walks into the house, ominously looking at the pictures on the wall, and then walking up the stairs. I love how robotic he looks. Right. Like, right you can like, tell, like, like, something's off immediately. Exactly. And, and, and I love that. And that has to be great for Oscar Isaac's performance and the way he carries himself and his body manner and his mannerisms when we get first introduced to this person. Uh, Because we know nothing really about him until now, and then we learn more later. But we see that, yeah, this guy is not normal. 
He's kind of off. Something's weird here. The way he talks, walks, and just moves around is just very weird. Yeah, it's very, and it was very robotic, right? Yeah, like it it was. It was very interesting how he did this. Uh, She hears him walking up the stairs. She stops painting, sobbing at the sight of him standing in the doorway, immediately hugging and kissing him. But Kane is distant. She knows something is off, but continues hugging him. Kane is, and I love this because we we kind of start with them hugging and we end with them hugging. That's true. Yeah. Fucking fascinating. Kane is sitting at the table, Lena letting him know that nobody knew about his unit. He is silent. She asks if he was covert, and he tells her maybe. She questions him, but he tells her that he doesn't know what or where he where it was. Lena starts getting impatient and angry with uh with um her questions, but he continues answering the same. He doesn't know. She comments that she deserves a better explanation since he disappeared for a year. He looks up at her, asking her if it matters. She is shocked at his response, going over to hold and rub his hand, asking more genuinely at, at how he got home. Kane nonchalantly says that he was outside um, of their room. Um, excuse me. He was outside the room with the, with the bed, explaining that the door was open and he saw her, adding that he recognized her face. He pulls away from her hand to take a sip of water, then says that uh, he doesn't feel well, Lena noticing blood mixing with water in the glass. Now, I find this super interesting. Yeah. The big line that like stood out to me watching this, too, and I've seen this movie a lot, and I know who he is now, mm-hmm. obviously, going into this. Uh, he says a great line. He's like, I recognized you. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, because obviously, if you were a person that known this person for such a long time and has been in a relationship, that's not something you would say. No. At no. all. It's like, and, 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 she, and she knew that was odd. Right, like she, and, and which is why she grabbed his hand, like, like, oh shit, he's fucked up, like something happened. And I do have to point out too, the way they like grab hands, it's shown through the water glass, which is like a refraction of it too, which is great. Yeah, to see and their it, connection and it shimmers that. too. It, it's yeah. really really cool. Um, but what also makes this super interesting is like I want to talk about that water for a second. Like when yeah. he drinks the water, um, when he drinks the water, he has that reaction. Yeah, immediately after, it's with the blood in there and stuff like that. I think it's because since we know what he is, I think it's because it's not a part of his reality. It's not close enough to the shimmer. Interesting. And I took it in a way where the blood is kind of like the shimmer itself and it's spreading itself into like the normal water. Like it's getting manipulated. I don't know. It, like this is a really interesting one because I, like I feel like I feel like, yeah, the blood has a lot to do with it. Right. Right. But at the same time. I feel like with the way it reacted, I just it, it just seemed like it it wasn't something wasn't complete yet with the shimmer because like you see that same reaction later down the line. Excuse me, with Lena when she takes right. a drink she, of water and she stares and at she it. stares at it for a bit and then it, it, nothing happens. And that's where I feel like it goes back to like my theory because it shows that she is different too in her own way and she's remembering well, back. It's like this is the beginning of a change, right? Oh, it's possible. Sure. We cut to Lena and Kane being rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. He starts spitting out blood while having a seizure. Multiple black SUVs surround the the ambulance, pushing the truck off the road. The soldiers rush inside the back of the truck, pulling out both Lena and Kane. She yells to let let uh, she yells for them to let him go. They sedate her while other while others unbuckle Kane from the stretcher. Scene card. Area X. Lena wakes up in a sterile room in an orange jumpsuit. She gets off her cot, going to a toilet to immediately vomit. A woman watching from behind the glass. Uh, a woman is watching her from behind the glass. 
The woman, Dr. Ventress, comes inside the room. Lena is confused in the corner of the room. Ventress breaks the silence by empathizing with her, asking her to sit down. Lena asks who she is, Ventress handing her a bottle of water, then introducing herself. Lena is confused, asking where she, where she and her husband is. Ventress ignores her demands, reading off a sheet about Lena's background in the military. Lena demands again. Ventress continues completing her background. Lena asks where Kane is again. Ventress asks uh, when did he arrive back home. Lena de- and then Lena demands a lawyer. Ventress immediately denying the request, going back to her question. She, and it's so funny. She was just like, yeah, no, you're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Bitch? Yes, I am, bitch. It's like, that's not a thing. Sorry. She asked Lena a series of questions, but Kane didn't share any uh, useful information to her. Ventress continues asking her questions, then becoming more heartless. Lena weakly tells her that she is, she is done answering. Ventress shares that Kane is there but extremely ill with multiple organ failure. Lena tries to rationalize that he is, was exposed to some type of radiation or virus, claiming that she can help him. Cut to a lab full of scientists. Lena walking through. She stands out on the balcony looking at the shiny, shimmering force field above. Or in front, excuse me. Cut to Ventress and Lena in her office. Her sh- uh, sharing that this is this has started three years ago in Blackwater National Park, reporting that the, a lighthouse has turned a shimmer fucking fascinating right i love the time frame too we have three years three years three years and and it's interesting because it's three years that she hasn't heard about this and what's also fascinating is that we know her husband left a year ago right so this was already they were already trying to test shit out for two years before her husband even came and we see we we get it like um or a year getting this thing and you speaking about this too shows how rapidly this is moving now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like the cancer cells we we see in the very beginning, it splits into two, then four, then eight, then yes. sixteen. It gets bigger and bigger faster. Yeah, it starts multiplying very and rapidly. We we talk about that like he's been gone for a year. In that year's time, their base was far within side. Yes. So now we can tell like, oh yes, now things are not going to be three years long for it to double in size. It's going to be like a week it, or two. And that, and, and, and Ventress. And they say that. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's like going to reach that, this right? facility very soon. Right. She is showing Lena in a, a video of the lighthouse surrounded by the field as Ventress c- continues telling her that whatever they sent in never came back out, adding that it is expanding, claiming that in a few months the area will move to, to where they are, then cities, states, and so on. Lena questions that nothing comes back but claims that her, um, her something has, Ventress agreeing. Uh, shout out to fucking Jennifer uh, Jason Lee, by the way, too. Yeah. Like, it, she plays these doctor-like impersonations so well to me. Like, even in, like, Possessor. Like, yeah, she was absolutely, awesome yeah, in that. Absolutely. Like, it's just like, damn it. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, I forgot that she was in Possessor, but she does yeah. a really good job in that. Yeah. They are looking at Kane behind gla- uh, behind a glass, Lena mentioning that he is dying. Ventress then tells her that they need to, to come to an agreement on what th- to do with her. Lena sharing that she wants to be with her husband. We look at the shimmer, transitioning to Lena and Kane in bed. They are silent, Lena commenting that he isn't talking to her. He apologizes, claiming that he's zoned out. She asks, what is he thinking about? Him saying that he's looking at the moon, referring to, to it being weird to see it during the day, which I've always thought. That right. is weird. 
<laughs> like it is weird. I don't know. And me being like, oh, I mean, if he's on the other side of the world, he's actually the sun that's out now, and they're not looking at the same stars. <laughs> they all they have a slight playful moment about God making mistakes and her adding science jargon to it all. They share a kiss. She stares intensely at him, sharing that there is something strange about this mission, letting him know that the silence around it is louder than usual. He continues to be silent about it, staring at her until he mentions that he, uh, they are going to be in in the same hemisphere. Fear. She questions this, and it is about to continue, but she jokes about it. Cut to Lena standing alone, looking out to, in, looking out the distance until a woman named Anya, Anya Thorinson, comes up greeting her. She asks if she is intruding, letting her know that she has she always sees her alone, understanding that she may feel awkward. So this lets us know right now that she's been there for a while, for a, a bit. Yeah, right. Like she's she's been there for either months, um, a month, or a week, or whatever. Well, it, it, not a month. Can't be a month because they said it will move in in a month, right? In two months, so probably a couple of weeks. We could probably be safe to say it's been a couple of weeks. Lena agrees. Anya's telling her uh, not to not do because there's um, there's I definitely wrote that wrong. Uh, there's others. Uh, blah blah blah. What the heck was I trying to say there? <laughs> Let's skip it. I'm I'm just gonna say nothing. She then introduces herself to Lena, asking her to come over to meet the rest of her crew. She brings her over, introducing her to is introducing her to two other women, Cassie Shepard and Josie Reddick. Anya um, busts open a, a beer for Lena while she asks how long how long they have been there. Cassie's sharing that she is a, a geomorphologist geomorphologist i feel like that's right geomorphologist and that she's been testing the magnetic field around the boundary anya shares that she's been there for 10 months she was a paramedic and and southern reach picked her up with when her application got flagged by ngo josie shares only two months she's a physicist and uh, she's a physicist excuse me and came from her uh, cambridge postdoctorate which is fucking cool so cool Right, like, I was like, damn, dude, you must be smart, smart. <laughs> All of them are super smart, smart, which yeah, I love. True. That's yeah. true. Uh, they ask about Lena. She shares that she's a biologist from John, John Johns Hopkins. They claim that they had a bet on her profession before she came to sit down. Josie getting it, getting it right. Anya paying up. Anya hits her, hits on her, but playfully mentions um, that under the circumstances, she is allowed to roll the dice a few more times. Lena looks at her puzzled, asking about what circumstances. They are silent for a moment. Cassie shares that they are headed into the shimmer. Anya blurting, blurting in six days. So, like, letting us know that we have another timeline. Right. They're like, okay, they're going to be moving out in a week. They mention that uh, Ventress is also going with them, Lena commenting that they all are women. Josie replacing it with scientists. Fuck yeah. Cassie adding that uh, the previous team were mainly military. Lena asks about what they think happens to them. Um, Anya going over two theories of something of something either killing them or them killing each other. They th- they then start talking about one sergeant making it out. Anya reminding them about the state that he was in. I love this. I love how she doesn't tell them. Yeah, it, I understand why at at the same time because I feel like at the very beginning when she finally realizes what's going on, she wants to be part of. Whatever mission is going to go down. Yeah. And now she knows that this is the group and she even says later on, it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't want to, like, risk anything, essentially, by telling them and having that be a conflict of interest or issue between the group. Right. And it's it's super fascinating, mainly based off of the fact that 
when they do talk about this and they are kind of talking about like, Hey, like this is our, um, I don't know, like our, our group, our unit, right. right. That we're going with. And I, I love that, um, Lena, she makes that choice to not tell them first and foremost. And what I like about that is the fact that she, she, kind of feels like she has other ulterior motives instead of just seeing what happened to her husband. Like, and, and, and cause like, I think that's, to an extent, yeah, to an extent, exactly. So, because like, she obviously wants to know what happened to her husband, but at the same time, she also really wants to be a part of this history. I feel like not really a part of the history. I feel like she owes it to him. And I think she even says that too, because she does feel like an extreme amount of guilt because she finds out the reason why he went was because he found out that, yeah, she, that was she was cheating. cheating. Right. And because of everyone who's going into this type of um, the shimmer itself, everyone is kind of like, I don't really care about my own life because I'm. Yeah, they're, they're saying now, like, no one right. has anything to live for. Yeah, they have nothing to like lose, that. essentially. Right. And now that she knows that that was the motive of why he went, mm-hmm. she needs to go in because she feels bad. She feels guilty. She feels like she has to do it. And sure. I, th- I think she even says, like, I owe you this or something like that. Yeah, you know, right? I, think, I think she does. Um, and that, 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 yeah, that makes sense. But like at, at the same time, I I feel like like what has her continue going because she could have just gone in and gone back. Like she didn't have to go all the way. Like I think she genuinely started feeling like interest when she was oh, inside. Oh, for sure. There. I, would, I would say that too. Yeah, because yeah. like like when she was inside there, she's like, "All right, this is some crazy shit. Let's see what the fuck's going on." <laughs> right. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are back with Kane, Lena sneaking into the room to visit him. She sits next to him as he breathes through his ventilator. She whispers that she knows why he went in, apologizing to him, but knowing that she, what she has to do. Lena is speaking with Ventress about the reasons why she is going into the shimmer. Lena looks at the shimmer as Ventress claims she is tired of watching people go in and get in it getting closer. Lena questions Ventress on her needing to know what's inside, adding that she does, she does as well. Ventress puts two and two together about Lena wanting to come along, Lena letting her know that she can't do anything for him there. Cuts to Lomax speaking with Lena about her story and her volunteering to go inside, inside, excuse me, to go along the mission. She claims that she is, she owed him, she owed him, so she went in. Cut to the group of scientific women armed moving towards the galactic wall. The, they stop for a moment, Ventress moving a bit closer, looking back at the, at the women to follow along. They march inside. Scene card, The Shimmer. Now, mm. The Shimmer. The Shimmer itself. Now, here, I, I, I like the, I understand the CG. I understand it. It is a bit much at times. I, I like, I like it, it for in some pockets of this film, I feel like it just, it just, it's just like it's too computer animated. For sure. It doesn't yeah, yeah. look bad. It's just, it's just like, fuck, like I wish that was something practical behind that. Right. Like that bear could have definitely done some fun animatronics or some shit to it. That's true. budget too. was really high. I that. know this was a discussion we had in the other podcast, the Good Night Movie Club now, mm-hmm. but before that, I, I think we were on the different name. Where Ryan, um, aka Unite, mm-hmm. uh, had a big the um, discussion about that. Like the CGI really hurt this movie. Mm-hmm. And then my comeback was that 
although it really hurt the movie, I feel like it was supposed to look weird and out of the ordinary, and they kind of worked with what they got with their budget, but also made it look like it was out of worldly in a way, too, right. because it is manipulated through genetics and cells mutating and changing and refracting off each other, and the DNA is supposed to be all over the place. Yeah, I think, I think and, the CG totally was necessary for yeah. this movie. It was just at times, it was just like... Well, a little jarring. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, like for example, the flowers. The flowers I thought looked really good. No, the flowers did look great. I'm I'm saying like the flower people. Oh, the flower people? I thought that was really good too. It looks good, but at the same time it didn't need to be CG. Like they could have done... Was it CG? Yes. That was CG. (laughs) Damn, they got me though. Yeah, like... like, (laughs) I guess we'll get some viewers, but... Yeah. yeah, Maybe it didn't look too detailed into it. But I I, I definitely was just like, fuck, man, this did not need to be CG here. Right. Like they could have made that and it would have looked... Better, better if it was like yeah right and like i, I get it like the, the whole, always better it is of course for the most part like if, if, and granted they're walking you could totally tell they're walking entirely on a blue or green screen yeah so they're walking on a set yeah and like you could totally tell but i mean that's where all this budget really is exactly this whole entire world right but that's needs alex, cgi but that is alex garland yeah like alex garland works with cgi and granted his CGI and Ex Machina outshines this. Gorgeous, yeah. It's insane. Like, the the, the mechanics in that film definitely outshine right. this one in particular here. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, like, because he does this shit for devs as well. Like, that was Which the same, have same thing. Out. Like, he, he does the exact same thing for devs, where it's just super CG everything. But, I mean, hey, it's, um, it's very fascinating, though. Uh, Jump to Lena having sex with Daniel, then her waking up inside <gasps> a tent alone. Gasp. I mean, yep. Uh, she heads out. She uh, heads out of it, weapon drawn as a, as she gazes around her surroundings. Everything more saturated around her, and I love how the shimmer changes with the heightened saturation and contrast. Yet the right. women are all wearing extremely dull clothes. Right. It's very very interesting, and I feel like that's just a film tactic to like put our attention in there. Right. Which, yeah, I have to say, it works. It works. Yeah, it definitely works. I also love how the place doesn't really feel intimidating. It just feels so beside, like, it, it feels intimidating only because of the vastness right. of how large it is. It's very fantastical. Even it's technically just a, a park, is, yeah. is what they say. Lena heads over to the other women uh, going over their food rations. Lena mentions for them to give her a moment because she is disoriented. Anya asking if she remembers setting up camp, Lena letting letting them know that she doesn't remember anything. Cassie adding that none of them do, sharing that they have they have been um, out there for at least three or four days based on the rations of food. Josie comes over letting them know that anything that sends a signal through the shimmer is down. She pulls out a compass that begins to go haywire, mentioning that they have no compass, comms, coordinates, and landmarks. Cassie reminds them that they are in the state park and, and they uh, head south until they hit the ocean, follow the shoreline until they get to the perimeter wall. Cassie or, uh, orients them towards south. It's so cool she does it. She uses her watch and shit. She's like, yeah. no, you know this. Come on. And she does it. I was like, damn. I didn't know that, but now I know. Ventress asking if they are uh, if they were expecting the comms equipment to work. She commands them to pack up so they can get moving. They begin heading in the southern direction. 
The group of scientists are walking by a hut. Anya checking out, checking on an overturned boat. The others move towards a hut. They begin inspecting the odd flowers along the banister. Lena claiming that the floral, the florals are strange because they are, aren't the same species, yet they grow from the same branch structure, which is so fucking that's fascinating. So cool. I love how I love we, that. right off the bat, are just like, okay. Like that's some weird shit's that, happening. That is intriguing. Okay, yeah. like I see that now. Josie heads inside. Casey taking samples. Anya figuring out that the boat has a motor. She uh, and she's stoked. She's like, "Yeah, dude, we got this." Uh, Josie comes out of the hut. Ventress asking what uh, what she finds. And she was like, "Job of the hut." <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, she claims that <laughs> <laughs> she claims that it uh, has been abandoned, but then gets viol- violently pulled inside the hut. She got pulled so violently, right? That thing I love that yeeted her ass, dude. The camera placement of her just standing outside, and you can just see the little bit of the doorway. Yep, and she looks. It just gets swooped. Like, like, whoa, okay. That that shit was she gone wild. I, I do want to ask: um, Did the guys over? Because I didn't listen to that episode, but did the guys over at the Goodnight Movie Club enjoy this movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Of course, they all thought it was odd. Of course, sure, including me. It's a weird. Well, yeah, it's movie. a weird movie, and that's why I love it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and that's the thing about cosmic horror. Cosmic horror is so strange. I don't think we're supposed to understand it. Right. Like that. Like that's not the point of cosmic horror. The cosmic horror is, is because of the fact that it's just it's so out there that it doesn't. It's not going to make sense to our mind. Exactly. And even Alex Gar- uh, Garland said in that interview, he said he was wanting to have a more ambiguous ending. Which I'm yeah, like, damn, totally why works. would you want it's, – it's already ambiguous. Yeah, I have and, theories, but I want to save them for the post show. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because, of course, the – what was it? The distributors of this movie, they're like, no, you got to have to have somewhat of an ending. Right. And kind of keep it a little bit more grounded. Was and tough. they were actually scared that people were not going to be smart enough to handle this movie. And yeah, it's a relative fair, good fear. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Lena springs into action, screaming for her as she tries to assist her. Josie screams that um, it has her back as it pulls her into the water. Lena fishes her out of the water, the other women helping her out of the water as well, uh, taking her outside. Anya is trying to calm her down, an albino alligator emerges out of the hut into the water. The group aims towards the, the creature as it touches on land, snarling at them. And I love the snarls and growls, and right. like, the snarls and growls, are, they're so symbiotic. Right, like, like it, it's like there's two species inside, hundred percent. Yeah, and you, you, you feel that whole thing from this creature, and it, oh fuck, it's beautiful. Anya takes a few shots at it. Her gun starts to jam. Alina starts firing all types of professional. Like and she's like, damn, the attack super badass. Like, she was just like, coo, coo, look prone, and I was just like, whoa. All I had into my notes is like, her shooting's a one, bro. Fire. It's just like I was like, man. I only know how to do that on Call of Duty. Uh, the gator growls, exposing... And you just hit circle. The gator growls, exposing uh, many rows of teeth leading to its throat. And I love that. Lena shoots it enough, killing the animal. The, uh, the, they open the mouth of the creature, Lena explaining that it has exactly the same... That it is exactly the same as the flowers. Think, talking about its DNA structure. Explaining that the teeth are uh, of are in concentric rows, Ventress confirming if sharks have teeth like that. While Lena is gathering samples, Anya clears her throat that um uh, clears her throat that the mouth is getting too heavy for, uh, to keep open. Back inside the lab, Lena is speaking with the mute with the mutations of being subtle in the beginning, claiming that they grew more extreme as they got closer towards the lighthouse, adding that corruptions and duplicates have formed. Lomax asks for clarification, she simply says echoes. I love that she calls it that. 
Right. Just echoes. It's perfect because echoes are literally just it's just rebounds off walls and right. just repeating itself. Yeah. Just, it, it, it's just rever- It's refracting. Refracting. Yeah. <laughs> he asked if if it were hallucinations, but they shared the they shared the same experience, calling it dreamlike. She claimed that it was beautiful. Sometimes we cut back to the group paddling through the swamp over organisms and fluorescent flowers. Lena groans in pain, looking at her forearm. Cassie asking about the wound. Lena chalking it up from the gator. She then asked Lena about her combat skills. Them going over her brief history. Before before the shimmer ask cassie asking about her locket lena sharing that her husband died in the army all right i do want to talk about one thing real quick yeah. on that and it's a very subtle thing too which i caught maybe my third time watching this movie uh the tattoo that she has during the interview obviously that's not a tattoo she had previously when she was inside the shimmer right. it wasn't there and i started looking at the small details it's on it's, it's not on, it's a on. bruise that's on her arm Right when she's piling the boat already, yeah, that is the start of the tattoo coming on. Exactly, and I was like, "That's a really cool thing." Where the pretty much the director put a little hint there, where it's something so minimal, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like pay attention. You know who this also movie has, has a lot tattoo? of stuff. Um, Kane, yeah, Kane has the tattoo when he comes. And back. do you know who else has that tattoo? Who? The guy in the pool. The who? The guy in the pool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. Which I think he was the original one that had it. Right. I'm assuming. Which is also, well, we'll get to that scene too, but what he has inside him kind of like has something to do with his tattoo and what's right. going on too, which. Exactly. Dude, this movie's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's fantastic of of how it's just like little pieces of everybody is, is inside there. Right. Which is why I think her memory is so well. Because she's recalling all of this. That's true, yeah. Like she's not, she's not like this. We're learning from all about all this because of her talking to Lomax. Right. So it's super fascinating. Cassie then explains that everyone everyone there are damaged goods and that being the reason of wanting to come inside the Shimmer. Anya um, gathers their attention of a watchtower in the distance. They start heading inside Fort Amea, uh, Cassie mentioning that this was the HQ of the Southern Reach before the Shimmer swallowed it. And I love how she says that, swallowed it. (laughs) That's such a great way to say that. A colorful uh, pollination on the wall. Lena commenting that it spread spread like tumors. uh, Ventress points out the old mess hall, commanding commanding that they uh, continue in there. Lena stays back for a moment to inspect the tumor-like substance on the wall. They head inside, carefully inspecting their surroundings, spotting beds and bags, knowing that some others were there. They drop their bags and belongings, examining the area. Lena goes towards a timesheet wall, noticing her husband's name on the wall. Excuse me. Anya intrigues as to why she is staring so intensely at the sheet. And she was like, she was into it. And she totally was just like, fuck, my husband was here. Right. right. Like, like that's totally what was her mindset. But Lena calls them all over sounding off sounding. Excuse me. Lena calls them all over sounding off all the names on the board. Ventress sharing that these were the last ones on the expedition. Josie asking about why some of the names are crossed out. Lena uh, concluding that they were guarding the perimeter and they should do the same. Ventress heads over to a table with a Ziploc bag that reads, quote, for those that follow, 
end quote, with the SD card inside. Josie pulls out a video camera to play it back. They all huddle together to watch. It is Kane and the other soldiers. Kane taking a knife to a man's stomach. He begins to cut across to carve his stomach, showing a long worm-like creature moving through his inside of his stomach. Kane putting his hand inside the stomach, allowing the, in, the intestines to move across his hand with a slight smile on his face. He begins to clean his hand, Anya closing the, sl- the slam... The, closing and slamming the camera down, concluding that they they went insane. Cassie points out that there was something alive inside of him, Anya writing it off on it being a trick of the light. Anya and Cassie begin to argue about what they saw, continuing um, noticing Ventress walking away, and they begin to follow her. I fucking love that video. Dude, that video was gnarly. So intense. And it's crazy because like he's like he's into it. Right. Not into it, into it, but like he's like, like yo, like yeah, do it. Let's like let's look fuck, at this. Let's fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, open me up, man. Let's see what's going on. You know, let's fucking do it. And then when he tells them to stop, he's and he like just looks at the other partner. He's just like, hold him. And I was like, fuck, right? Like this movie got so brutal so fast. This is probably our first look of major horror elements in this movie. I would say probably. Uh, this is Besides where the gator, I guess. But. Yeah, that's true. Which could be a little bit more on the action side of stuff too. But yeah. that had really great horror suspense and stuff when she gets pulled in. Obviously, yeah. very crawl like. Um, this is where we get our first kind of like body horror yeah. type of like creature design in a way. This is the it kind major of be like what the, fuck the major moment. mashup of like, whoa, what the exactly. hell is this movie? Where right. Where is this going to lead? Which I feel like it was a great reveal for the movie to have to up the stakes a little bit to see how people are getting effect- infected yeah. or affected, I guess. But yeah, no, this was a great video it, it, to it, watch. It was great and, for this particular um, situation at hand because now we're seeing like, okay, like when it goes inside of them, it, it's like something there. Right. Like definitely something is inside of them. And it, it's, it's, we get it a lot when they look at their skin a lot. Right. And right. it's like moving and it's like liquid. It's so weird. And as in the movie aspect of this, uh, it's something that really helps drive the story too, because we start to see different mental states change now of being like, no, this is not real. Fuck you. There's a lot more tension between the group now, yeah. which is going to lead to more Anya. stuff later on. Yeah. Yes. They go inside the pool area where the the incident took place. The man in the video is now attached to the wall, mixed in with the fungus, and this looks fucking cool. Great. This, this is where it's like so this good. dude needs to make some like Last of Us movie like, after rad. this show is out. That'd be rad. I mean, and who knows? He might direct an episode. Right? That'd be I mean, true. Yeah, that, Greg Mass is I'd, just just on board to, yeah, to, to write it. Write it. Might not direct the whole thing. That's true. So you never know. Pick him up. Yep. Josie notices the knife that sh- that was used in the. Uh, used on him in the water, claiming that she doesn't want to stay here tonight. Ventress letting her know that she doesn't have a choice and that it is too late in the day to continue moving. Anya assists her, assist her, assist her out while Ventress and Lena stay to collect samples. Cut to Kane walking up to Lena, sharing that he has to leave a day early. She tries to convince him to stay with their plans, but he can't because he needs to leave right in that moment. She asks him what it is, him sharing that he loves her and uh, Lena returning it. She kisses his hand, but he denies her kiss and leaves out of the room, and we all know why. Um, She uh, wakes up back with her squad, them still sound asleep. Lena starts, uh, Lena looks at the sparkling organisms separate, uh, separate and duplicate um, her trying to wrap her head around it. It's so fascinating. Right. So intriguing when she's like actually looking at it and 
pretty much it, it, it's it's just interesting seeing her baffled because yeah. she, she she knows how organisms work and she knows biology and it, it's just it's it's fascinating seeing her being the one that's baffled by this right because it's something that's pretty much almost like theorized but now she's actually seen it right embodied and yeah. it's, it's yeah it's quite incredible Cassie whispers to her, them verbally checking up on each other. Cassie sharing that she is just as freaked out as Josie, but better at hiding it. Lena doesn't acknowledge, um, suggesting that she should check on Ventress. She heads outside looking for her, then notices her, um, her in a post on the ground. Lena heads over to her. Ventress asking why she is up. Lena comments that she is done sleeping. They are looking at a map. Ventress thinking that they should head southwest to Villa, uh, Villa, Purdue, and then uh, and then the coats the following morning. She agrees. Ventress sharing her thoughts about not telling the group about her relation with Kane, claiming that she doesn't know what they would do, what they would have reacted um, like towards her after that video. Fuck. I mean, how would you react if you knew like this person knew this dude, right? Like you know, I, and then did those actions, right? And it's just, and he was the one who came back. Right. You know, but I don't think they know he was the one that came back. Like, I don't think they've seen him before. That's true. They don't really. Yeah, they might not know what he looks like. Right. Because they, cause they probably would have been like, holy shit, that's the dude that came back. Like, they probably would. I, I feel like that would have happened if they if, if yeah. they knew what he looked like. They'd be like, holy shit, didn't he fucking come back recently? Like, he came back from the shimmer, right? <laughs> He's the sergeant. Like, I feel like Maybe that would have happened. do know who he is because when they find the locket. They recognize the photos like, oh, you're the wife of the person who came well, back. No, 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 no. Because remember, they, they see the locket and right. she puts two and two together that he was the guy in the video. Right. And she and then she's just like, what is he, a brother? Is he a, a friend? Oh, that's true. It doesn't know exactly. A, a, yeah, and a husband. Yeah, yeah. And then she reacts to husband. And she's like, husband. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. huh? Uh, Lena bluntly asks why did Kane volunteer for a suicide mission, thinking that she have um, profiled him and he must have said something. Ventress gives her an answer about most people not committing suicide but self-destruction. She gives examples of self-destruction, claiming that Lena would have been more would be more equipped uh, to explain this rather than her. She is confused. Ventress asking about self-destruction being encoded into them. They are st- they are startled by a loud rustling noise. They get into position. Cassie wakes up from the from the aurora. Anya then uh, waking up Josie. Lena is looking through the night vision goggles, noticing that the fence has been bursted open. They all are aiming out, but can't see anything uh, until a fucking werewolf-like buff bear fucking just jumps out of nowhere, fucking up Cassie. Poor Cassie. Poor Cassie. <laughs> she is Yo, screaming yeah. as the beast drags her into the night. Lena, Josie, and Anya run after her. Uh, run after her and it, but she is gone. Next morning, Ventress is packing up for the for the next location, but Anya and Josie commenting um, that they have to go back. Ventress reminds them that they haven't reached the lighthouse, adding that they don't um, understand because of the shimmer. Anya reminds her th- about their current findings, uh, Ventress d- disagreeing that it just makes it more ex- um, explicable, concluding that she is going to get to the lighthouse and she is fine going completely alone. Damn. Like she was just determined. She's like, I'm going to this destination. Whether you follow me or not. Like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) She walks out as Anya yells at Lena for uh, not assisting. Lena agrees, but mentions that the coast is two days away and it took them six days to get to this particular point. Lena claims, and it's so fascinating. 
the way time works in there. Right. Like six days was like probably fucking a month or two out there already. Like it probably already reached. Like, cause like it, it had to, that's true. He said four months and, and venture said it's going to reach us in two months. So they had to move quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. She walks out as Anya yells at Lena for not assisting. Lena agrees, but mentions that the coast is two days away. Oh, excuse me. Read that part already. <laughs> uh, Lena claims that this isn't about the lighthouse and that the coast is the best route out. Backed with Lomax, confirming that Lena lied to them. She claims that she didn't make the decision to Ventress did. Lomax shares that she had cancer and that was and she wasn't coming back and that she knew she was sick. Lena suggests that she guessed and that she uh, wanted to continue forward. We cut back to the now four scientists stopping when they notice Cassie's boot on the ground. Lena claiming that she could still be alive, Ventress telling her to go. Anya is about to go with her, but Lena tells her that she uh, will go alone. She moves through the brush, hearing two creatures um, trilling and grazing. Now this is fucking fascinating. Beautiful. This is fascinating. Gorgeous. Like, you see these two creatures literally mimicking each other. Yeah. And one is a skeletal version of the other. Yeah. It is so fucking cool. It's it's such a great design. I have it to is. Say. It's beautiful. And I have to say, the score during this moment, too, is like an acoustic guitar. And I'm like, this dude needs to make The Last of Us. I was like, this is it. This is the moment. <laughs> As you see, we're going to keep yeah. going back to that. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I love that game. I love the, like, the world they built. And you just see this world built in a movie. And I love movies. So it's just like a great mashup of the two. And I, it's one of those moments just where everything is kind of like calms down for like a split second where everything is going crazy everything's wild and she kind of takes a moment even like lowers herself down and just sees the, these two deer-like creatures mimic each other and then run off right and then we get a reveal of something graphic and gruesome again true <laughs> she stops she stops aiming her gun but allowing them to frolic away lena drops her bag carefully moving through the wooded area searching for more signs of cassie she notices the she notices the body of cassie moving in closer for a better examination cassie is laid on her back thorax ripped straight from her throat Ugh. god damn and it's possible. I have theories about that thorax being ripped out and yeah. get later. Uh, uh, Lena rendezvous back with the group, sharing that she found Cassie and that she is dead. They continue moving into the town. And I even put, this is where I put in my notes, I still think Alex Garland would have been an amazing choice for The Last of Us as well. <laughs> yeah. Ventures letting them know that they will uh, camp there tonight. Anya setting up at a chair in a table with tears in her eyes. The others come up, come up to her, inspecting these tree trunks with flowers that have grown into the shape of humans. And this is where I was saying, like, I totally would have loved that to just been regular stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just like, just practical. Yeah, just Effects. practical. Like, you didn't have to make a lot of them. And I get that's why they're CG. Right. There's a lot of them. I don't know if you picked it up in this moment, too, because now I'm just, like, staring at her arm, her forearm, especially. Yeah, it's getting worse. Yes, yeah, so you can see the outline of the tattoo yeah, at this point, which is yeah. great. I love the small details. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, Josie speaks on her understanding of the radio waves being blocked, but the light waves aren't. She, she mentions that the signals aren't gone, but scrambled. She shares that the, that the leaves have human ox genes that define the physical feature, the physical structure of the human body. Josie continues, Lena saying um, that it is that 
this isn't this isn't possible but josie claims that it is it is literally happening she claims she calls the shimmer a prism but it refracts everything including all dna cut to the group carefully going inside a house they look around for a moment before accepting this as their place of rest for the night anya is sitting down staring at her hand noticing her skin moving lena catches her doing this puzzled at um, puzzled at what she is doing it is now night lena waking up in to inspect her blood she is nervous at what she sees thinking about what thinking back about Kane in her night with Daniel. Lena tells Daniel that this that it was a mistake. Daniel acknowledging then agreeing about um arguing about her and Kane don't spend time together. Like, bruh, it's still a mistake, dog. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Leave. Get out of there. Asking asking her um Asking her what is really going on with her, maybe thinking that Kane knows about the their affair, she tells him that that he has that he has and that um, he should go. Mm-hmm. He claims that that she hates herself, but she tells him that um, uh, she hates him as well, <laughs> letting him know that it is different. It is never happening again. And then we get that context as to why she blew him off so hardcore, right? For Saturday, pretty much exactly. Um, but it, it, this is fascinating because. He says he says this fucked up line of telling her that she supposedly hates herself, and it's just like fuck you, dude. Um, but uh, when he says this, in she tells she says that she hates him as well. Like I I like the context behind this, but it makes me curious on how long this has been going on. Right, I feel like the way she's saying like, "Oh, I hate him too." Is like I hate how he makes me feel because of the situation. And I feel like that's why the whole entire motive of her going in is like, I owe him this because I really fucked up and he's still here and now he's leaving and he put himself at risk and now he's in the state that he's in because of me. And I feel like this is a very powerful moment because we kind of see this great reveal of her just constantly cheating and it's probably been for a while and it's kind of weird because I feel like maybe he's... Dick, dude. Yeah, he like, totally he's like, is. He's, she's like, "What about your wife?" He's like, "I love my wife." Yeah, no, you fucking think about don't, it. Yeah, dude. Like, what are you dude, talking come about? Come on, man. Not love your wife. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, you're this- here. If you loved her, you wouldn't be here. Right? What the yeah. fuck are you saying? You fucking imbecile. Yeah. <laughs> Humans, oh, terrible people, disgusting. Back to the shimmer where Anya wakes up Lena um, by pointing a gun in her face, then hitting her in the face because she wants uh, she wants answers for, from her. Ouch. Uh, Lena is not is knocked out. Damn, she like. She is strong. <laughs> she did that to all three of them. Lena is knocked out thinking about Kane's departure, uh, then wakes up tied and gagged with Josie and Ventress sitting next to her. Anya is holding Lena's charm, uh, cl- claiming that it, it is her husband, asking why she didn't tell him. Tell them. She gives a muffled response, Anya calling out Ventress of her knowing, and Josie sobbing. Anya contempl- uh, contemplates her two theories from earlier. She mentions that both her and Josie uh, did not see the, that bear that killed Cassie. In all, in, but you know Cassie was fucking dragged away. Right. Like, like, from uh, something. How, anything. Right, from yeah. something. Like, like, how would that be Lena? Yeah. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, like come on. But it's it's trying to rationalize a r- unrational thing. situation. Right? Yeah. In all in all they know is that Lena is a liar, asking if she killed Cassie. Lena's shaking her head. She sobs about seeing her fingerprints moving, wondering Ugh. if her insides will also move. She grabs a knife, approaching them until she hears Cassie screams for help. <laughs> Fuck. This, I think I oh, talked about this. Let, you you have. Yeah. Let, let's get through that whole okay. scene. 
They are all shocked at what they are hearing. Anya dropping the knife, running outside with her gun in hand. She is outside, and all and all they hear are um are bear growls and no Anya. The faceless bear comes inside the room, sniffing around. The women still and quiet. The beast comes in between them, growling with Cassie's cries for help synchronized within. Lena tells them to not react. They continue to breathe heavy as the creature growls at a whimpering Josie. It places its mouth onto Josie's shoulder. Anya coming back into the room, wounded, firing at the beast. It crashes through Josie and Lena, attacking Anya, ripping the bottom of her jaw completely off. The creature is not done yet. It goes for Lena, but Josie fucks this bear up by shooting the shit out of it in its face. <laughs> what a fucking scene. And I know you said this scene is the yeah. particular scene. And we have this discussion back when I used to work in the same place we, you know, that you work at uh, right. for a full-time gig. That's right. Um, yeah, I've talked about this scene a lot. And you told me that this particular scene was the scene. Like, you didn't even say what scene it was. You didn't tell me what it was. You didn't describe it to me. You just literally said, there's a scene in there that was probably one of the most uncomfortable things I've seen in cinema. And I feel like it still stands today. That is a huge statement, sir. Yeah. You've seen I've some, seen some shit now. Shit yeah. within this podcast. You've seen literally the Poughkeepsie tapes. Probably one of the most yeah. fucked up movies we've covered on this show. Or I, I still, covered, yeah, I, guess. I still feel very uncomfortable about this scene, even past really? the Poughkeepsie tapes. That's, the Poughkeepsie, uh, Poughkeepsie that's tapes is a string of events that is uncomfortable, but this is the most uncomfortable. If I had the string of events of just this, I would fucking hate that movie so much. No, no, okay. Let's let's go over this. Let's break this down a little right. bit. What makes this so uncomfortable for you? Uh, I think it's the screams, it's the yells from Cassie. And that's the whole thing. It's like everything is getting mutated, everything's moving around, the DNA is going through everything. And, and I, th- I think this is because of the rip of the thorax. Yeah. Right? And it's one of those things that I think Tessa Thompson's character says it's like the only thing that was left living that's past her body is her last moments of torment death. and death. Right. And that alone is scary of just thinking about that. It's like your last. Or your lasting thing that stays on this earth is your last screams and death of getting brutally murdered by this creature. It's fucking bananas. And you hear her voice screaming every time it growls. And right. It's, it, the, the, uh, the, the, and like, it's like reverberating yeah. that with the... Yeah, and it's, it's not a natural scream too, it's but it's not. a scream of like misery and torment yeah. and you just feel the emotion out of it it's a fucking thing of beauty uh, man. the sound mixing is going to be a big part of this movie of the highlights because that scene alone is haunting to say the least i agree i, I don't care how many times i've seen this movie this scene always makes me like kind of move up in my seat kind of start like looking intently at it it's like it, it gets a weird reaction from you which i'm really yeah. happy because I, I think i've told you it's like when a movie actually scares me I smile because it got me. And I have to say the same thing about this movie. It's like this movie gets such a great reaction from me in this scene specifically where I'm just like, I'm happy you exist. And I hate that you exist (laughs) because you get me to a level of like, I don't like it. But I like it. Yeah, no, I I totally understand that. That, Because this this whole scene is very – it definitely makes it very intense. When oh, for you, sure. When you hear those cries within, with just intertwined, it's so very, very well done. Right. Because the, the, the fact that it's intertwined that way makes me happy. Yeah. Like, it, because it you don't see this. 
Exactly. And like it, it yeah, is so it's so unique. Yes. Very it, it, original. It is very original. And it works so well for that creature too because she ran out there thinking her friend's still alive. Right. And in reality, no. That's no, not, not, not she, a thing. She gone, gone. Yeah. Ventress is packing up to leave, arguing that the bodies uh, bodies and that their bodies and minds are deteriorating, claiming that she wants to be there. Uh, she wants to be the one um, to end this thing and that she needs to make uh, make it to the lighthouse soon. Next day, Lena sits next to Josie, suggesting that they should go. Josie asks about how long Kane was inside the shimmer. Uh, Lena shares it. She asks Lena if she is uh, right about the inf- infractions. Lena agreeing that she is right. Josie brings up Cassie's voice in Fused with the creature, uh, with the creature, she rubs her arm, showcasing vines coming out of her skin. She gets up, sharing um, the wants of both Lena and Ventress, and her not being interested in that. She walks off, Lena um, following and calling for her as she begins to transition into a floral masterpiece with the others surrounding her. So fascinating. Yeah, I think the thing that's very unique about this scene in general too we know that she likes to hide her arms because she used to cut them to feel alive right. and stuff like that and through the scars of her cuts that's where it begins to grow right and yeah. it's like damn that's kind of dark but beautiful in the same way it's it's it's, it's morbidly because, beautiful yeah and we always talk about like the whole theme of self-destruction in this movie and that's kind of her way of having self-destruction and that kind of led to her own self-destruction right uh but it's in the way that she wanted to go yeah, and absolutely. she was at peace with she, it. She was in control of her of her destination, right? Or her destiny at that point. In time. Yeah, back with Lomax asking for the explanation of everyone gone except for Lena. I, I, I wanted to real quick. Um, I do want to add that it's also nice too that she wasn't afraid anymore. Exactly, and, that, and yeah. that's that's what made it's her a powerful scene. Exactly, and that's what made her death so rewarding. Right, because she wasn't afraid anymore. She she. I wouldn't necessarily say she accepted it, but she was comfortable with it. Right. And We're I coming and I like to that. terms in a way. Exactly. And coming to terms. I have to say with Tessa Thompson's character and her as an actress, she plays a very subtle role of uh, role. Mm-hmm. And it comes across probably one of the most well-driven characters in this whole entire no, sure, movie. I, agree. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like we get the most range from her because we see a lot of reactions from her, but it is a very subtle role that Tessa Thompson's ever been in. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very powerful one. I agree. Yeah. She questions this, saying that she uh, had to come back and she isn't um, sure that any any of them did. Scene card, the lighthouse. Catalina and Kane at home, reading separately on the couch. He greets her attention, she acknowledges. Jump to Lena sobbing along, in, alone inside the shimmer. She gets herself together, then continues towards the coast. We quickly jump to her on the, on the wet beach, noticing the lighthouse with the crystal-like trees and plants surrounding it. She begins her trek towards it. And I love the urban decay surrounding this area. Like, it looks beautiful. so good. In front of in front of the lighthouse, gun ready, she heads inside. We are left with the display of dismembered bones placed parallel to each other. Inside, Lena looks around the building at all of the roots and fungi looking looking substances engulfed in the area. Uh, there there is the remains of a person who looked to have um, combusted. While they are, while they were there, Lena inspecting them, she notices a camera set up pointed at the person. She turns it on, looking at the footage on the camera. The footage showing her husband capturing strange and unexplainable things. He moves away from the camera, sitting crisscross, um, speaking into the camera. He says, "Quote: I thought I was a man. I had a life. People called me Cain. I know I'm not, and now I'm not sure. If I wasn't Cain, what was I? 
Was I you? Were you me? My flesh moves like liquid. My mind is just cut loose. I can't bear it. End quote. He reveals that he is actually speaking to a cameraman that sounds just like him, letting him know that he will find Lena when he gets out. He unlatches the grenade, counting down until, until it explodes in his hand. The, um, the other cane comes out in front of the camera, staring back at it. Lena immediately shuts it with tears in her eyes. She hears the screams of Ventress within the hole in the middle of the room. Lena prepares her weapon, pointing it into the darkness as she, um, as uh, Ventress speaks. She begins submerging into the hole, entering a room of liquid-like walls um, that are just pitch black. A no-eyed Ventress is speaking in the middle of the room. This is fucking wild. She looks insane. Like, she looks so crazy. Like, it's just her whole face looks morphed with this place. Exactly. And it looks so good. This is where things go from, like, kind of crazy to straight up bonkers. bonkers. Yeah, this is bananas. And I love it. Yeah, it's so good. And the score. Oh, oh yeah, the score. Shit. The, that, that song. Dude, I've, I've listened to the soundtrack and I've just good. put that on repeat. Oh, it's For great. whatever reason, because it's not really a song. It's just, like, yeah, sound it's just, effects. It's just that. And it's, it's so kind of soothing in a way. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you weirdo. Yeah, sure, sure it is. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, Lena calls out to her Ventress, uh, Ventress's face on turning back to normal when she brings her attention towards Lena. This is so well done. Yeah. Uh, she reminds her that she needed to know what's inside the lighthouse, letting her know that um, that um, that it is inside her now. Lena is confused. Ventress continuing that she doesn't know um, what it wants, but it um, will continue to grow, calling it Annihilation. She starts to revolt, body flickering and light and lighting from the inside, letting uh, letting out a scream, releasing colorful plasma out from her body. Her body dis- uh, disintegrates, and it's wild how it does it. Like she turns all right. skinny and shit, and like, oh man, it's intense. Her body disintegrates into the balls of light. Lena, mystified by the beauty of the strange organism, they transition into this portal-like looking thing, into and it mesmerizing Lena as she looks inside the orange glow. And I love the mystery behind all that shit. Yes. Like, it looks great. It's it's one of those things because you're kind of like in her shoes. You're kind of mesmerized by it too because the design is so beautiful to look at. Yeah. And the way the camera moves, it moves from the side and it slowly pans to the middle of it. And you're kind of so just well done. hypnotized by it just like she is. Yeah. And I think the director does a great job with that and in intending the viewer to be in that same type of trance because you yeah. got that whole soundtrack going and you just get these crazy visuals, and you're like, oh my god, this is like an acid trip. I've never done acid before. I don't know what it looks like, but it's probably this. And I can tell you. does such a great job. <laughs> it does, though. It does do a great job. Uh, a drop of blood releases from the bridge of her nose into the orange glow, separating and cloning itself, creating another metallic Lena. She begins to shoot shoot at it, but it does not work. She runs out of the hole, and I love how it looks like the, the bullets just like kind of like morph around it, and it's now right. a part of her. It was just like, what? Like, that looks so fucking good. Like, who thinks of this? Yeah, seriously. Um, she runs out of the hole, the thing already in the other room. Lena moves um, it, copying her movements. She grabs the camera, hitting her, but the clone punches her in the face, knocking her out. The clone starts to... Um, <laughs> this clone st- this part is so fucking crazy the clone starts to copy her, um, her movements again lying next to her getting up um, when she gets up um, Lena makes a run for the door it right behind her slamming the door shut pinning her between it continuing to copy her moves she gasps for air the clone letting go and them both dramatically falling to the ground and it, it's interesting 
too, because it's like I feel like Lena at this point kind of knows that it's starting to slightly copy her. Right. And um, granted, she passed out, which is why she it let go because it was just copying her. She was getting weak. It was getting weak. So it, it was just super fascinating how all of that just went down. Um, they, they begin to get up. Lena's dripping with blood, um, then facing the metallic clone, inspecting it. Um, and it's so weird. Like, this thing is so odd looking. Like, it has genitalia and things like that yeah. as well. And it's just like, wow, this is so fascinating. The design is great. It's yeah. insane. She moves towards Kane's bag to pull out a, a grenade, placing it in the clone's hand. It then begins to resemble her even more. Lena unclipping the grenade, then running, looking back as the phosphorus consumes its body. Um, it watches her walk out of the out of the lighthouse, it turning back into its metallic form, moving towards Kane's burnt body, uh, stroking his head. It then touches the wall, igniting the fungus in the lighthouse. I like to think this is when it transferred. They yes. transferred. They switched spots. I think so, too. So I literally put that in here. It's like, theory, she switched places at the moment because, at that moment, because she goes back to Abe's body and touches it like it's like a uh, caring moment exactly. to be with him again. Right. And and I, I feel like that just makes so much sense. And she knew what she was doing. She knew she had to destroy this place. Right. Which is why, when she was still on fire, she does what she does. Right. She begins touching everything. Right. It crawls into the hole, continuing to set ablaze all of the shimmer as um, that all of the shimmer that has created everything. Meanwhile, Lena is is outside watching everything get destroyed due to the flames. The shimmer dissipates. Cut to Lena sitting back with Lomax, him agreeing that it was an alien, asking her to describe its form. And he was kind of stoked. He's like, "So it's an alien?" Like, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, super like, stoked. I guess she tells him no. He asks if it was carbon based, but she doesn't know. Lomax, um. Lomax continues to question her on what the cosmic creature wanted, but she doesn't believe it wanted anything, saying that it mirrored her actions, blaming that blaming that on the uh, on the reasons why it attacked her. Lomax claims that it it came for a reason, destroying their environment. She disagrees, saying that it changed everything, making something new. He questions that he questions that, but she doesn't know. He sees. He shares that the lighthouse is now in ashes and the creature is now possibly dead. She takes a sip of water then and inspects that water, then right. asks what happened to her husband. He shares that he shares that when the shimmer disappeared, he became awake and lucid. Lena goes to visit Kane in his isolation chamber, both not saying a word right away. She tells him that he, um, he she tells him that he isn't Kane. Him replying that he doesn't think so. He ask he asks her if she is Lena. If she is Lena, but she doesn't answer. He gets up, embracing her with a hug. Both of their eyes start to shimmer as they hug. Then, credits. Wow. What a fucking movie, dude. What a fucking crazy movie. God damn it, I love this movie. So good. So much fun. I got some movie facts for us. Movie facts? (gasps) Oscar Isaac filmed this movie and Star Wars Episode Seven: The Last Jedi on adjacent studio lots. He had the same trailer for both films and would often film scenes for both movies in the same day. Beautiful. What That's, a fucking actor. Right. I was about to say that. He's like, he's got God some damn skills. Although he's not in this movie that much, but still. I mean, he's in it Ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sure that's why he's not. I mean, they probably wanted him in here more. Probably. Yeah, which is, and I'm sure, like, that it, might be some of the reasons of adding some stuff, like the, 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 uh, 
adultery scene and stuff like that. Because nothing really truly leads to that until she's inside. Like, like in the beginning, I mean. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. like, like, I feel like that. I don't feel like it's shoehorned, though. Like, I feel like that's it works okay. well with the story, is what I'm trying to say. <gasps> On December 7th, 2017, it was announced that due to the clashes between producer Scott Rudin and David Elson, a financer at Paramount, and the shift in Paramount's leadership, a deal was struck with Netflix handling international distribution rather than releasing the film in theaters. According to this deal, Paramount would handle the U.S. and China release, while Netflix would begin streaming the film in other territories 17 days later after it was filmed. That's insane. That makes so much sense, though, because I went to Spain... And it was there. Interesting. Yeah. Like, but did you say it's not in theaters? Because I'm pretty sure I saw this in theaters. No, I played in theaters. Okay. Because it says Paramount would handle the U.S. and China release. Great. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and Netflix and while Netflix, they they did it in other territories. So interesting. Super interesting. Director Alex Garland decided not to reread the novel Annihilation. Instead, he decided to adapt it like a dream of the book. That's dope. That's I like cool. that. It's a new vision. Yeah, that's cool. Um, let's get a, let's get a long one. This is, you know what? Yeah, this is a good one here. During the lecture, Lena describes the cells in the video uh, presentation as cervical cancer from a 31 year old patient. The, uh, these are most likely, um, uh, HeLa cells, an immortalized cell line derived from a cervical cancer taken from uh, Henrietta Lacks. The cells are widely used in biomedical research, and the story of, of how cells from a patient biopsy were derived without her consent or knowledge is shown in the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks. The movie is based on the book of the same name, and Lena is reading a copy of the book when she sits on the couch with Kane. Damn. <laughs> That's so dope. That is fucking fascinating. Natalie Portman had had stated earlier in her career that she'd never be in a horror movie. Um, excuse me. Natalie Portman had stated early, earlier in her career that she'd never be in, be in a horror movie. She happily changed her mind when she appeared in Black Swan of 2010 and, and this film as her ex- expectations as she really wanted to work with the filmmakers. Scheduling conflicts prevented her from appearing in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which uh, she auditioned for and won. Damn. That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's funny because have you seen Pride and Prejudice? The original, not the zombies one. Yes. No, zombies. <laughs> yes. So in Pride and Prejudice, you, you know who's the who is the lead in that. Right. It's it's not Natalie Portman, but it's the one who always looks like Natalie Portman that That's everyone true. gets mixed up with. What's her name? I'm, bra- I'm blanking on her name too, but she's also in Star Wars. Um yeah, well, yeah, you'll find it. I'll find it right now. Because I'm, I'm blanking so hard, but everyone gets them mixed up. I always get them mixed up. I know I do. Uh, okay. Yeah, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Thank yeah. you. Yes. It was Kira Knightley, and I feel like since everyone gets them mixed up all the time, they look nothing alike. Right. Like, it's so weird that we get them mixed up. It's such a Mandela effect, I feel like. Um, I'll do one more here, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. At uh, 52 uh, 52 minutes and 45 seconds, Vitrus refers to a small community named Villa Perdue, which is French for Lost City. How fucking fascinating. I like it. What a movie! What a movie! But let us know over on Twitter, everybody, what you thought about Annihilation over at Nightlight underscore pod. Or you could do it on our personal Twitters, which are inside the show notes as well. But we want to keep this conversation going. We want to definitely converse with you about this film. This film's a blast. It's a ride. I love it so much, and I want to talk to you all about it. Um, but... 
The next film that we got coming up for March of Madness is going to be Stuart Gordon's From Beyond, and I'm very excited to revisit this movie. I've only seen it once, and Never I, seen I cannot it. Can't wait, wait to see this movie again. Um, but yes, we will be go ahead and doing that as well. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast, and I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we had Freddy. Always gonna keep us poopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Nights. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife with a what they would. Buy a pleasure on Patreon. You have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with the post-show. If you don't have any bucks with us, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.